I want to talk to you today about Essentials for 2018. Since it is our first Sunday together, we've got a whole 2018 ahead of us. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Who knows? I know one thing that's going to bring, and that's the coming of our Lord. Is it going to be tomorrow? No, it's not tomorrow, but I know it's coming. Praise the Lord. Are you still excited about it? Friends, you need to be excited about the coming of our Lord. He promised us He's going to come. And all of the promises in the Bible is yea and amen. It is going to happen. Don't lose sight of that. In the midst of the craziness of this world and what's happening and all of the new things that will develop in 2018, never lose sight of the fact that one day this blue sky is going to tear open and our Lord is going to come back to receive us unto Him. Unto Him. No more pain. You've broken your uh, arm. No more pain like that pain. But a deeper pain than a pain in the body is a pain of the heart. Who knows what I'm talking about? No more pain like that. But with Him forevermore. So we don't know what 2008 is going to bring. And, and I was there thinking about what to preach today and praying to the Lord. And this thought came upon me. Essentials for 2018. What are you and I as a child of God going to need this year going forward? We looked at 2017 and I'll tell you what, it was a big mess in the world. Worldly talking. What is 2018 going to do? Let me tell you, following the world, it's going to be another mess. Because the world's in a mess. And we have to navigate our way through that mess in this world. The Bible says we're in the world but not of the world. We know that. And we're going to live in this world. How can we live in this world not to get upset by the world, but to influence the world? Because that's what you and I are tend to do. We are meant to influence the world. This is what Jesus said. He said, you are the light in the world now, is it? We carry Him in us. And we can't put ourselves under a bucket or go and hide under a bed and hide from the world. You are going to go to your workplace and you're going to get upset at your workplace. You're going to go all places in the world. And there's things that's going to happen. There will be terror attacks this year. Because the world is in a mess. But there's one who's not in a mess. And guess who that is? It's our Heavenly Father. And if we follow Him, our lives will not be in a mess. Look, let the world be in a mess, but let your life be in order. Let your life be in order. And if you hold on to Him, your life will be in order. I, I've, I've looked at this verse in Luke chapter 13, verse 33, and I sort of took it out of context, but I want to put it back in context for you. It's just because it says it so nicely for us. In Luke chapter 13, verse 33, Jesus in His own word says the following. He says, Yet I must walk today and tomorrow and the day following. Is that you and me? Well, we don't know whether we're going to walk tomorrow, but since the Lord will not take us away tomorrow, we will walk tomorrow, and we will walk the day after. To put this in context, this was when the Pharisees came to Jesus and said, you better flee from here because Herod is going to try to kill you. He wants to kill you. Now, with that in mind, Jesus says these words. How wonderful is that? How? And I, and I meditated on this verse and I said, how could it be that our Lord Jesus Christ, who knew that trouble was coming His way, said these words? And I can only think of one thing, and that is that He was absolutely at peace in His heart and faith in His Father. That's the only reason why staring Herod, the king who wanted to kill Him, in the face, similar to you and me, looking into 2018, we don't know what 2018 is going to bring at us. You know, somebody can come in here and say, this year you're going to run into massive problems and difficulties. What will that make you feel? Some people would like to run away. Some people don't know what to do. They'll go into anxiety. But not our Lord Jesus Christ. No. He says the following words. He says, Yet I must walk today and tomorrow and the day following. It's not going to affect him. He's going to continue with the work that the Father has sent him to do. 
So I want to say at the start of the sermon, doesn't matter what comes this year, your way, you and I must continue with the work that the Father wants us to do. Don't you think that's neat? <coughs> we must continue with the work that the Father wants us to do. What is the work that the Father wants us to do? Come on, any one of you think? I'm talking Christian now, as a child of God. What is the work? Any one of you? Do the will of the Father. What else? Preach the gospel. What is the commandment that He gave us? He said, go and make disciples. That is a task. And it's not only the task of the pastor, it's your task. It's every child of God's task to go and do that. Not for your church. He didn't say go make followers for King's Way Fellowship. We don't want followers here. Look, if you come to this church to be a follower, you are wasting your time. I'm, I'm one of those guys who's straightforward. If you come here to follow the Lord Jesus Christ with us, praise God, then we're going to grow. But you know what we're going to do? We're going to reach out. We must do the work of the Father, and that is to make disciples. How do we do that? We can do it preaching, or you can do it through your life. We spoke about it this morning. You can do it through your life. How you live Christ through you. So what is essentials for 2018? There we were. We had a lovely few weeks off the Shipman family and we decided we were going to go to the Grampians. And going to the Grampians, I realized that there's a few essentials that I needed for this trip. Going to the Grampians. First of all, uh, I would think a car is an essential thing to have, isn't it? If you haven't got a car, you've got to find another way of getting there. A bus, an aeroplane, they don't fly there. A train, it doesn't go there. You can go on a push bike, it'll take you longer. But I thought the car was a good essential to have. Now, if you have a car to go there, what do you have to put in the car? You've got to put fuel in the car. Otherwise, it just goes around the corner and then you rely on AA or RACV to come and help you out. So these are things that we needed to put in the car. I needed to check at the car and see whether the wheels are right. But I also had to have money for the trip. I had to have a wallet and, you know, some, we work on, on, on cards these days, plastic, you know, about cashless society. But I'm one of those people who still believe I want to have a few dollars in my wallet. You know, what if the power trips? You've got a few dollars there. So you have to have money. These are essentials. It's, it's things that you need for this trip. But we also had to have a booking for accommodation coming there. It, it's no good you driving up to the Grampians and go, and people ask you, what are you, how are you going to, I don't know, we're just going to wing it once we get there. And you turn up there and, and you've got your family sitting in the car and you walk up to the hotel or the motel and go, yeah, is there some place here? Oh no, we're fully booked. Where do you sleep? I mean, one thing with the wife, if you start sleeping overnight in a car, one night might work, <laughs> but the second and the third. So these are essentials for our trip, I thought, and uh, once you get there, what do you want to do there? You know, you work yourself, you plan yourself out for this trip. How are you going to do that? And then you want to enjoy it. So there we were having these big white marshmallows. Who knows those? And we had, fire, we had wood for the bonfire and, and the Shipman family was sitting around the fire the first night and there we were. And, and you know, Richard went, we went cabining. So, you know, we went in the cabin and he wanted to tent, so he put his tent up there. But for him, the essentials for that was to have what? A tent. These are things that you have to have. And him and his wife don't want to sleep on the floor, so they had to have a blow-up mattress. And praise the Lord, I'm past those days now. You know, I like to sleep on a mattress. You know these blow-up mattresses, you've, if you're as heavy, you know, look, I'm a heavy dude, man, come on. If you sleep on one side, I roll down, Leone rolls over me, I go, no, this is it. You know? so, uh, so there's all these things that you have, and, and, and you know what, it's amazing for me that we, we plan forward for these things, and we think there's essentials that we need to have for this trip to do. And, and look, you and I are living by essentials every single day. Even coming here this morning, every one of you, there were certain things that you had to have to come here. You all came here with your cars. I know there's public transit, there's a bus stop right outside, but you chose to come with your car. You had to add fuel in it, you had to add money in your pocket if anything happens. So everybody, even if you go to work, 
there is certain essences that you put in place to work through. So we as Christians also need essentials for our Christian walk. We need them. And I hope you, as you plan, as we've planned for this trip, sit at the beginning of the year prayerfully with the Lord and you put these essentials out and say, Lord, help me to never lose, never lose. Let me not lose sight of these essentials that I have to have for this Christian walk. You know what a Christian walk is? First of all, the name is Christian. It is Christ followers. So this means if you're a Christian, you are following Christ. What am I going to need? What is the essentials for me to follow Christ this year in 2018? You see, we plan so much for our physical lives, but once it comes to our spiritual life, I find people run out of steam some in the first quarter, some in the middle, or some in the third quarter. But coming by the end of the year, you can physically see Christians tired, being, being drained from their spiritual, spiritual vigor. And they, they, it feels as if you're just, just, you're just falling over the line into 2018. So people live their lives. So they live their lives. Look, there's a lot of facets that we can go into, but I want to focus on your spiritual health. How was 2017? How was 2016? And how is 2018 going to be? Not knowing what tomorrow brings. We know that. But a Christian should know this. And you say, I can tell you today one thing we don't know. We don't know what this year is going to bring ahead of us. You don't know tomorrow from the day after. But we as children of God live in the day. This today. Listen, let me explain to you something that I came to believe in my Christian walk with the Lord. Today, in, in the Lord today for me, is the past, the present, and the future. Have you heard what I said? Today. I didn't say yesterday. So many people living in yesterday. They are so caught up with unforgiveness or things that they could have done or things that they would have wanted to happen and it didn't happen that they are still living in the past. Christians I'm talking about now. And then there are so many people worried about the future. What tomorrow? What about my children? What about my job? What about all of these things about the future that they missed the critical part of today? Today is the day, the Lord says. So, as a child of God, your yesterday, your today, and your tomorrow should be all in one place. And that is where you are not there tomorrow yet. You're not there in the past anymore. But you are here today and present, aren't you? So, as a child of God, this is what it is. The whole crux of the whole thing is we are today in the Lord. We are past, present, and future today. I hope that makes sense to you because it will clarify a lot for you to enjoy the moment you are in. Now it doesn't say we don't plan for tomorrow. But when we plan for tomorrow, we plan in the Lord for tomorrow. So this we know out of the Word of God. In Proverbs it says in verse 27, verse 1, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. This is not what we're saying. We're not boasting in tomorrow as a child of God. Oh, I know we talk like it. It's a way of talking and say like, like you know, we are planning a trip to Japan. Um, and we are already talking about it. But that's what it is, is planning. When that day arrives, that will be the moment for it. But we do not boast in that. What about James when he said to us back when we did this study in James 4.13, he says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make profit, Yet, verse 14, you do not know what tomorrow will bring. Who knows what will tomorrow bring? Nobody knows. But God knows. You're right, sister. God knows. Now, doesn't it make sense to talk to the one person who knows about tomorrow and leave it with him? What is your life? We can preach a whole sermon about that little passage there. For you are a mist that appears for a little time, then vanishes. That is a terrible way of talking about you and me, isn't it? The Bible says you're a mist. Hey? And there you were thinking so much about yourself and going, Woo! I'm the centerpiece of this whole universe. And the Bible comes and says, you're a mist. 
who, who's here today, but then he disappears. He says, and instead you ought to say the following, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. And it is, you, your, you boast in your arrogance, and in such boast is evil. No, no, we should say, as the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. So I wanted to put this at the front before I give you the essentials. Because, friend, let me tell you one thing. Without God and without His security, you have no future. You say, but wait a minute, uh, what about my friends who don't follow the Lord? What about those sinners out there? It looks as if they have a future. They are only but deceived, and time will run out for them. That's the tragic about the whole situation. But you and I, as a child of God, blood-washed child of God, has got a future in Christ. And my tomorrow lies in, listen very carefully, my tomorrow doesn't lie in my effort, it lies in His mercy and grace. This is the first Sunday for us to preach this, and I want to give you some good advice today. If you want to have a stress-free 2018, follow what I just said. Let your tomorrow lie in the mercy and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Trust in Him with all your heart and lean not on your own counsel. So, what is then essentials for 2018? Some of these things I'm going to repeat for you. But I think it's good sometimes to have something repeated to us. Don't you? First of all, faith. Faith. This is to me a critical part of our essentials. If it's not the most important part of our essentials. In fact, let me say it this way. This is the backbone of your Christian walk is your faith. If you haven't got faith, you've got nothing. Faith is that backbone. And we need to not only keep our faith, but listen, we need to grow our faith in 2018. Faith a definition for faith is a complete trust or a confidence in someone or something. This is if you put it in Google. This is faith according to Google. It's a complete trust. Who knows what trust is? That is that absolute trust in or a confidence in someone or in something. Unfortunately, the world are searching for a lot of other things to trust except God. I like the Bible's definition of faith. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, he says, now faith is the substance. Who knows what's a substance? This is a substance. You can walk over to me and give me a hug. You can feel me. This is a substance. This is a substance. It means it is something tangible. He says here, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the world were framed by the word of God. So that the things which, which are seen were, not, were made by the things which are visible. So faith is not only seeing and touching. But it's a substance of things which we don't see. That's what faith is. The backbone of every Christian this morning should be your faith. And this kind of faith does not rely on senses. It doesn't rely on senses. Moses tells us that. Moses, his whole life, if you look at his life, he did not uh, absolutely just uh, 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 rely on his senses. In Hebrews 11 verse 27, he says, By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as, listen now, seeing him who is invisible. Are you seeing the invisible God this morning? I'm not busy with wishy-washy things. I'm not going to say, oh, now we see angels appearing. No, no. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. Him. Listen, listen. Peter says, Him who you do not see, but still you love Him. That's faith. This is the kind of faith. And like I said before, not only do we have to have faith in 2018, but we need to grow that faith. How do you grow faith? The Bible says it so clearly. He says in Romans 10 verse 20, 17, He says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word. So the more this year you're going to study your Word and listening to sermons 
and singing those songs which come out of the Word of God, your faith will grow. Why wouldn't you grow your faith if you can grow it? If it is an essential that you need to have for 2018. Now, you might ask the question this morning, faith in what? Because if I say faith, you can have faith in anything. Some people have faith in Coca-Cola. In Coca-Cola we trust. Yeah, only to give you a thirst and a big belly. Because there's a lot of sugar in there. But faith in what? You see, some people have got faith in themselves. In themselves. That is one of the biggest problems of our society, is the God-man himself. It's me, myself, and I. The big I, myself. And this is what people have. So they will have self faith in himself. They will say, I will make it somehow, and I'll do it my way. Who remembers a man by the name of Frank Sinatra? One of his famous songs, I did it my way. That is one of the most ungodliest things you can say. I understand in context he said it in the music industry that it is way. But even that is wrong for him. Because if it wasn't for God's grace to give him a talent, which he used for the wrong way. But anyway, if it wasn't for God's grace to give him that talent, he wouldn't have been able to do it. But he stood up there and thousands of people cheered him on as he walked up and he says, I did it my way. You know what I see? I see a lot of people in the world. If you look at the world in psychology, they say you need to do it and you need to do it your way. And Christians now, there's now this thing about Christian psychology. Have you heard about that? That to me is an oxymoron. But anyway, you know, the Christian psychologists come in and say, you are a small God. You've got to make it your way. And they will throw a lot of scripture verses to you, but the, the fact of the matter is, the people are trying to do it in their own way. And you see, when, when we seek our own way, we never get what we wanted, and we pay a price for that. If we seek it our own way. We never get what we want. Lost opportunities. Because people trust in themselves. I did it my way. Secondly, people trust. And this year it will happen. There will be a lot of people trusting in themselves. They will trust in their support group. You know, I trust my support group. They'll say, I've got the best friends in the world. Have you heard that one before? Oh, man, that Billy and Sue, they are just, man, the best that could have happened to me in the world. They're my support group. You know what? They've got my back. Have you heard that? What if they haven't got your back? What if they fail you? Because the Bible says that we should not, Psalm 118 verse 9, said, said that we should not trust in anybody else but God. We shouldn't trust in people. So what if, what if self disappears in 2018? You are struck with something and there you sit and you've got no self-confidence. You see, that's the big word, self-confidence. And what if the support group disappears? What are you going to have? Well, let me tell you this. If you haven't got God, you've got nothing. That's hopeless place to be. And some people, oh, they trust in their resources. They say, I have enough to last me. Have you heard that? That's fine, I'll trust my resources. He's going to pull me through. Well, let me tell you, there's no certainty about that. There in the book of Luke, he tells about this man who built all of, he had a very good year and he had very good resources. And, and man, his, his barns were full. And he said, let's build bigger ones. You know, I'm, I'm going to build bigger ones. Because I'm so wealthy, my resources is so good, I can carry myself. And you know what the word of God says? He said, go and tell that man, you're fool. Tonight, listen, as it is tonight, you, that's my extra emphasis on that, emphasis on that. As it is of tonight, you will lose everything. So I can tell you safely here this morning that self-support and resources is not a very good essential for you to have for 2018. And if you are one of those who are sitting here this morning and trusting in that, my prayer to God for you is, Lord, shake him or shake her awake with the Holy Spirit to trust in you. 
Oh, but this is the good news. This is great essentials. Let me show you. First of all, a good essential for 2018 is God the Father. It is the Trinity. You talked about it this morning, my brother. Look at that. God the Father. Isn't He good? The Bible says about Him in Psalm 68 verse 4, He says, Sings to sing to God. Sing praises to His name. Do you know that Christians don't want to do that anymore? Do you know that people don't want to sing to God anymore? Singing is great. It's a worship to God. He says, sing to God. Sing praises to His name. Lift up a song to Him who rides through the desert. His name is the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. His name is the Lord. Do you know I get excited when I read this? Why? Because He is alive, friends. Listen to this. Exalt before Him. Exalt before Him. And now He says in verse 5, Father of the fatherless. Oh, I get some people some time ago came to me and said, Oh, you know, I can't trust fathers anymore. I said, Why? He said, All my life my father was so abusive to me. Even now sitting here thinking about my father. I said, Did you know it's only your earthly father? Did you know it's only your temporary father who was here on earth? But let me tell you about a father of the fatherless. You are this morning, you are talking to me as a fatherless person. You say you don't trust that father of yours anymore. Oh, but there's great news for you, because I can tell you about the father of the fatherless. He's the God Almighty. He is so wonderful that my Lord Jesus Christ Himself, when He walked upon this earth, guess what He did? He bowed the knee and He prayed to the Father. And He hung on the cross. And He called upon the Father. In the darkest minute. She said, yeah, but my father, when I was there and I needed him to help me, he was never there for me. I said, but this father, this father of the Bible, he will be there for you because he is the father of the fatherless. How wonderful is it to have him as your essential this year? Protector of the widows is God in his holy habitation. God settles, listen to this, I love this. He settles the lonely in a home. You're sitting here this morning and you say, I feel so lonely. I've got great news for you, friends. He sets the lonely in a home. In whose home will He settle them? Come on. In His home. In His home. Oh, I've got no friends. Nobody loves me. Nobody likes me. Oh, come on over with that pity party of yours. Let me tell you about the father of the fatherless who settles you in a home, in His home. He leads out the prisoners to the prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in the sacred. Look at Isaiah 64 verse 8. He says, but now, but now, O Lord, you are our Father. Have faith in the Father this year. Know that wherever you go, nobody can touch you except they get permission from the Father. You say, explain, and where is that in Job? The book of Job, you remember Job chapter 1, the devil roamed all across the earth, and he came before the Father. And this is how powerless he is. He has to present to the Father, and you know what he said? He said, where did you come from? He says, oh, I was walking to and fro all over the earth. Well, what to do? Of course, if you're going to hang around not to have a job to do, you're up for nothing, for no good. That's my translation. But you see, and he says, and God says, did you behold my servant Job? Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw him, but you protect him. You protect him. But you see, God needs to give permission. He says, you can do with all of his possessions whatever you want, but you don't touch his life. How wonderful is it to have a father like that this year? He says, listen, we are the clay and you are the potter. We are the work of your hand. Romans 8 verse 15, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. How many people fall back into fear out of slavery, of the spirit of slavery? Slavery brings fear. You say, but who is the taskmaster of the slavery? It's Satan himself. You say, what is his devices? It's sin in your life. Some people are, are bounded by sin. They are slaves to sin. And that sin brings fear. I can preach a whole sermon, but I see a lot of sermon topics coming up, brother. And now he says, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons. Now listen to this. By whom we cry, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. 
How wonderful is it to go on your knees and say, Abba, Father. My Father. My God. My Father who cares for me. Listen, let me tell you one thing. If I think about a father, you look at me, I've got three children, and I want to look after my children. But I fell so much short of being like the Heavenly Father. There, listen, I, I want you to understand something. There are facets of fathership that we don't even anticipate and can understand that our Father has for us. The only reference point you and I have about a father is the physical father that we had, good or bad. Scrap that, because... The fatherhood I'm talking about is something, my friend, that you can only experience if you're a child of God. And you, and there are so many testimonies sitting here, can stand up and say, when I was in a dire straits, my father was there for me. Father. Second, we talk about the son. Now I'm talking about the son. He is the wonderful uh, God who came and lived with us, amongst us. Hebrews 13 verse 8, Jesus Christ, and look, let me just say it now, there is so many. When I sat down and I started meditating upon this, one of the frustrations, and I'll call it a frustration I, I have, is there is so many, and, and a frustration in a good way, so many scripture verses that once the Lord opens this up to your heart, He just pours in. I can stand here the whole day and give you one scripture verse after another. I have to pick certain scripture verses to fit in the sermon. Or, or, or to bring out the point. But there's so many other verses I could have used here. Hebrews 13, 8, he says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. What did I say earlier on? I said, a child of God is for today. There it is. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. Do not be fed or led away by diverse and strange teaching, for it's good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods which I have not benefited those who devoted to them. It's good for your heart to be fed by grace. That's a good benefit, isn't it? That's a good essential, isn't it? But do you want to think that there's even Christians who say, Jesus, I'll, I'll take the lead from here. I'll, I'll, you just stand aside, I'll take the lead from here. I know what I'm doing. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 25... I love this verse, and if you, uh, if you haven't got this underlined in your Bible, I want you to underline it, and I'll tell you why. Because uh, a while ago, in New Zealand, somebody went through a difficult time. I gave the Scripture verse to them. They called me back up later when they went through a difficult time again, and I said, where was that verse? I can't remember. I said, underline it in your Bible. Make a star next to it. So next time when you need a verse, you say, Lord, I need more than just people who are saying, you'll be all right, she'll be all right, mate. I'll pray for you. Then you go open your word, you open up and you say, Lord, speak to me. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, it says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. What is the biggest problem of life today? Man, the doctors love you. Because why? You run into worries and then you run to him for pills. And you know what he gets? He gets money. He gets paid for that. God bless their hearts. They need to get some money as well. He says, do not worry about tomorrow. Uh, about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink. No one about your body, what you will put on. Is life not more than food and body and more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them, and you have more value than they. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? I know when I was younger and I played rugby, I was what you call a lock. Okay, you jump in the line out. You've got to be a little bit tall. Then these other, at school I was good because I was a tall, lanky guy. Believe it or not, Andre, I was <laughs> slim at one stage. But then when I went into the high school, they were taller boys. Then when I went into university, guess what? The guys that I played the same, that was this size. Now do I compete against that? 
Well, the Bible says I can't sit there in my dorm room and go, oh, worry, oh, worry, oh, worry, oh, worry, go measure myself up against the wall. Okay, another week of I worry, oh, worry, oh, worry, go measure my. Have I grown anything? Nothing. No, he says, do not worry because you, there's no benefit in worry. But an essential for you to have for 2018 is what Jesus says is, cast your burdens unto me. Cast your burdens unto me. Take him with you through this year. I'd better hurry up. The third one is the Holy Spirit. Look, let me tell you, we cannot live without the Father or without the Son or without the Holy Spirit. And I say it in that way because I believe in the Trinity. I believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Three distinct persons in the Godhead. And if you cut one of them out, you've got a flawed religion. And I say it in that way specifically because it's not a flawed Christianity, it's a flawed religion. You need the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is wonderful. In John chapter 14, verse 16, well-known passage, Jesus turned to His disciples and He said to him, I will ask the Father and He will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. Now listen to this. He says, you know Him for He dwells in you and be with you. My question always when I come across that verse is, do you know Him? Because if you don't, He's not in you. Oops. That's a little bit straightforward, but it's true. It says it there. And if you want to know more about the Holy Spirit, go and read John 14, 15, and 16. Because there it gives the work of the Holy Spirit. I highly recommend that you read it before, before the end of this month. John chapter 14, 15, and 16. And see what the Holy Spirit is going to do in your life. Because if you submit to the Holy Spirit and changes, changes will come. Believe me. If you're going to go before the Father this year and say, Father, I submit to you. Holy Spirit, cleanse me. Build me. We sing the songs like that. And Holy Spirit, help me to grow. You know what He's going to do? He's going to convict you. Don't be surprised then. Go and read. Go and read what He's going to do. It says it right there in chapter 15. He says, the Spirit will do the following. Three things. It's so wonderful. And we need for 2018 the Holy Spirit. So the first thing we need as an essential for this year is faith in God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Faith in our Lord. Take God with you. And friend, if you sit here today and you've got God, do not fear about tomorrow. Do not fear. Leave it over to Him. He's a sovereign God. I want to give you a second one which we all know and which I love so much. Another essential for 2018 is the Word. It's your Bible. We sang this song at Sunday school. Read your Bible. Pray every day. Do you girls know that song? Pray every day and what will happen? You will grow. You see the little children tell us. Read your Bible. Pray every day and you will grow, grow, grow. And you will grow, grow. Now what happens in the the opposite? Don't read your Bible and don't pray every day and what will happen? You will shrink. There you go. (laughs) You will shrink. And you will shrink and shrink and shrink. The problem in the church today is we don't have growers there anymore. We've got shrinkers there. Why? They do not read their Bibles. They hold them up with fables and stories and all of the nonsense of the world. But not here. I promise you one thing, as long as the Lord saves me to preach from this pulpit, we will be proclaiming the Word of God in this church, my brother in spirit and truth. Yes? But it's important for you not to just come here and read and listen to sermons and, ah, yeah, you know, that church of us, we preach the Word, man. We preach it. No, no. This is not what I'm talking essential. That's good for this church for this year on our journey, on our walk with the Lord. But for you personally... You need to take the Word of God with you personally. Look, here's a few verses for you. Psalm 119, verse 9. And I highly suggest that you read all of Psalm 119 before this end of this month. Why? Because it's about the Word. <laughs> You've got a lot of reading to do. Hey, Philip, before the end of January, you're going to read what? John 14, 15, 16? You can just do that this afternoon. Come on. And then hit Psalm 119 before the end of January. 
Listen to this one. He says, Psalm 119 verse 9. How can a young man keep his way pure? Can all the young men put up their hands in this place? Oh, come on. I would suggest that everybody, even the ladies, put up their hands. <laughs> Thank you, brother. I'm also young. No, this is young men and women here, I want to say. This is not only for the men. How can you keep your way pure this year? It says it right there. By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I sought thee. O oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Thy word I have hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. What did I say earlier on? Sin brings what? Fear. If you do not want to live a fearful life before God, what do you need to do? Get rid of sin. How do you get rid of sin? It's right there. You put the word of God in your heart. You know what's going to happen next time when you come to that sin? What's going to convict you? The Holy Spirit and what's He going to use? The Word of God. It's not going to be a wishy-washy voice that comes out of, Oh, there I was doing this and all of a sudden I've heard a word. Thou shalt not do it. God doesn't speak to you like that. He speaks through His Word like that. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to come before that sin and you're going to all of a sudden remember that word scripture verse that talks against it. That's how the Holy Spirit works. Psalm 119 verse 16, I will delight myself in thy statues. I will not forget thy word. I will delight myself. Do that, friends. It will be good for your heart. Psalm 119 verse 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And listen, let me just throw it in here. The Lord will deal with you according to His word this year. I think you need to go and think about what I just said. Because so many times things happen to you and you go, how did that happen to me? Where did this come from? If you're a child, or if you're in the world, it must take you by surprise, honestly. I work with people in the world and it takes them by the surprise. I don't know. And they go, you know, bad things happen by the three. Have you heard that? Three times, you know, the first thing happened, now I'm waiting for number two and three. How, how silly to live a life like that. So if something happened to you at first, the fear grabs you about how bad is the second thing going to be. We don't live like that. Come on, man. We are children of God. Children of God, don't live by that fables. Bring me a scripture verse in the Bible that says things happen by three. It's not there. It ain't there. I checked it out. But here's the thing, friends. The Lord will deal with you as a child of God according to His word. It shouldn't catch you by surprise if you have faith in Him. Look, these words I'm preaching is big words. Psalm 119 verse 65, he says, You have dealt well with your servant, O Lord. Listen, according to your word. How the Lord's going to deal with you is in this book. It's in this book. Listen, if, you, if you're going to go off the track and you're going to sin, and you're going to continue sin, guess what's going to happen? He's going to correct you. He's going to punish you. Did you know that? Oh, wait a minute, but we've got a loving Father. He's a loving God. But yes, He's also a righteous God. And He's also a holy God. And look, let's not shy away this year to bring and preach it as it is. So, uh, let me give you a third one. There's only two more. The third one is... What do you think? If, if the one is faith in God, the second one is the word, what do you think it should be the third one? Anyone? Prayer. That's a big essential for 2018. Look, I said to you before, these things you know, it's not new things. It's not as if I'm bringing you a new theological thing and go, oh, I didn't never see that. No, these things are there. But you see, this is one of the dangers. If you become familiar with something, you tend to forget about it, isn't it? Because you think it's just there. No, no, you should actually go back and say, Lord, this year I want to renew my prayer life. I want to renew my faith in you. I want to renew every single... Look, you should do this every day, but let's put it down for the theme for the year. James 5 verse 13, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. You know what's the first thing people do when they suffer? They talk to their friends. They talk, nothing wrong about that. I'm not saying you shouldn't talk to your friends. Because there's got to be a support group. 
But the first thing people do as children of God is they talk to, and you know what they do? They want advice from this friend and that friend and that friend. And let me tell you something, the advice between all three of those friends are what? It's different. And it confuses them even more. You say, give me an example out of the Word of God. Yes, Job. You remember Job? How many friends did he have? And now you can go and read their accounts in the book of Job. And by the way, you should maybe read the whole book of Job before the end of January. <laughs> you say, if you're going to continue this way, you're going to get me to read the whole Bible before the end of January. But no, there is the accounts of all of his friends giving him advice. And I've read them. Not one of their advices is the same. Friend, let me give you great advice here today. The, in fact, no, no, not me. Let James give you great advice here. James 5.13 If any among, amongst you is suffering, let him pray. Go to God. Go to Him first. I'm not saying don't share with or ask for help. I'm not saying that. But first go to God. Is anyone cheerful and letting sing praises? I can go on about that. <clears throat> 1 Timothy 2.8 I desire therefore that the men pray everywhere. By the way, that's men and women, okay? I want to put it in there. Just women as well. This is not only men's church. Okay. Lifting up holy hands without wrath of doubting. Look, I've got no issue if you sing in the songs and you lift your hands to God. I've got no issue with that. The Bible says it's free. We are free to worship Him. But here the, the emphasis, the emphasis is on praying. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 16, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Three things I'm giving you to hold on to. Faith in God, the Word, and prayer, and prayer. There's one that I just want to throw in, one last one. Because I think all of these three brings it close to that one. And that is brotherly love. Do you think that's a good essential to carry through this year? You know, I, I work in, a, in an environment where a lot of people come into one room every single day, every single day, every single day. And it's, it's meant to upset. It's meant to that when people get together, you, you, you wrap off something. Just, it's just not the, the one day you walk in there. Yesterday was a smile, today it's a frown, tomorrow it's a growl. A growl. But you know what we as children of God should do as an essential this year is say, Father, we want to take with us brotherly love. In fact, it's not only me saying it. In John 13 verse 34, Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Oh man, have I seen the love disappear out of the house of God. If there is a need of love, it is in the house of God these days. And it's terrible to... Stand behind the pulpit and say that. He says, As I have loved you, that you also love one another. Now, this is the amazing fact. How will people then know that I'm a Christian? He says, By this, all will know that you are my disciples. If you pray together, if you read your Bible together, if you worship together. Oh, look at that bunch of group. Of, oh, look at them worship together. I think they're all. No, no. If you love one another. And I thank the Lord for love in this church. I thank the Lord for sacrificial love. People who give up and help. Romans chapter 12 verse 10. Be kind, affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honoring, preferring one another. And I just thought I threw this one in at the beginning of the year as well. Hebrews 10 24. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Let us consider one another to stir up these things of not forsaking the assembly of ourselves. It, it says that, you know, come to church. You know, come together. I honestly look forward to Sunday mornings here to come in and, you know, I, I see Andre come through the door. Hi, brother, how are you? And he gives a big smile. Kylie comes in and Oscar and, you know, everybody. We are a family. It's great to see Mill walking in this morning with a good smile and, and Philip and, and Jill. I always love it when I see there comes the girls running in with their beautiful clothes and how they dress. Each one of you are part, not only of this church, of the body of Christ. It's so great to walk in here on Sundays and see the smiles. And you know, for an hour or for two hours or, or how long it takes up and, and then we have meal afterwards and you talk and me and Oscar can talk about cars and David talk about the gardening. It's all great. It's lovely. This is how I believe God wanted it to be. 
And, and, and you know what, and Michael, when he talks, and Jenny, you know, about the dog, and how passionate, and it's Sky. I wonder what Sky's doing at this point in the moment at home, but she's, she's really, it's all great, friends. And now, this is how we should love one another, with the love of God. And, and then to think for myself that, oh, I'm going to lie in there now, tonight. I'm going to miss all of that this Sunday. No, I can't. I love it. I was looking forward for people as they drive in here this morning. Look, and let me be front to you this morning as a pastor of this church. It's not to fill these seats. I've gave that up years ago. I'm not into trying to fill up the seats. You know why? You say, oh, you're not a vision casting pastor. Yes, I'm not. You've got that right. You know what I am? I'm a trusting in God pastor. Because the word of God is in, in, in Acts. He says there, in, I'm just overflowing now, Kyle. He says there in the book of Acts, he says, God will build his church. You know what my prayer is in 2018 for this place? I say, Lord, there is so many hurting and hungry people around. Send them here. Send them, Lord. Send us the sinners. Send them in here. You say, what? You want sinners coming into this place? Yes. Yes, I want. Because the sinners needs the doctor. Who's the doctor? Dr. Jesus. Who can give him to them? Yes, I know there's people going out on street work and, I, and God, but you know what? If God called us to be here in a light, the people will be sent into this place. But listen now. Listen now carefully. Listen to what he says. This is why I put this in the app there. If the Lord sends them through these doors, I want you to give them love. Give them love. Listen, let this church not become a church of cliques. You know what a clique is? This little group over here and that group here. And a new person walks right into the door and he doesn't know, which group do I go to? You know, it's like in prison. You know, whose gang do I go to? <laughs> there are four essentials for us. And look, there's many. I had to stop because I could preach for two hours. What about family? It's an essential. Look after your family. You say, but you don't know my family. They are. They are ruthless and are not saved and no no you are still their family i'm not going to say turn your back on your family you say but wait a minute what do you want me to do pray for them use one of these angels pray for them keep them in mind say lord save these souls and there's so many others but i think these are the most important ones praise god but praise god let's pray heavenly father we praise you in this morning we thank you father these essentials father these needs we have for 2018 is critical in your lives. And I thank you, Lord, that you gave them to us. Faith is from you. The Trinity, the God at you, Father, you gave yourself to us. Whoa, what a privilege is that, Lord? I can't even think in my small, feeble mind, Lord, how big that is. You gave us, Lord, the Word. You gave it to us. Thank you, Father. You gave us prayer. Thank you, Lord. Father, you gave us this family. Thank you for that in Jesus' name.